Greetings, and welcome to the RPG Review Board Podcast. You're listening to Episode 9. In this episode, we join two of the judges in Chambers. Join us as we listen in to a conversation in progress, inspired by a recent review of Monster of the Week and a discussion of monsters and other creatures in popular culture and gaming. Join us as the board convenes in support of the betterment of tabletop gaming. Come now the honorable representatives of the RPG Review Board. So the whole idea for this is our our last review was Monster of the Week. Monster of the Week is about fighting TV movie sort of monsters in a serial television show. Like that's the format for the show, that's the or the format for the game, that's the idea behind it. And so mm-hmm. we've got sort of two things, you know. Two great tastes that go great together. One of them is <laughs> monsters in what you might call popular culture, and then there is one that is monsters in um, RPGs. And both yeah. of them are producers of monsters, right? They just come up um, yeah. mostly because in RPGs you need an endless array of new bad guys to surprise your players. And I guess probably the same thing is true in like television and movies. Like you gotta throw something funky at the people watching the show so they are shocked, surprised, amazed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. So you have compiled a list of five great pop culture monsters, and I have compiled a list of five RPG monsters. And mm-hmm. what... So I want to know. Uh, let me give you my my self imposed criteria. So I didn't tell you like this is oh, interior, criteria no. I imposed on myself. <laughs> One, I made the decision that I was not going to draw everything from a single game because D and D is the most famously stupid monsters in all of RPGs because it's been making them for longer than anybody else. Yeah, it's a there's time. just dozens of them, right? So I said, okay, I'm only going to draw one from any one RPG. And then the other sort of criteria that I had was just a sort of personal taste thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of like a monster that is like 80% creepy and 20% goofy. Mm, like, okay. yeah. you know, just uh, scary, but, but also kind of like, what? Like, you know, if you step back and think about it for a minute, like, what? It certainly things? makes for more... I mean, the more ridiculous, the more fun it's going to be in a game, right? So Right. Yeah, well, and it just makes you think about, like, where did this thing come from? Like, what? This doesn't make any sense at all, right? <laughs> and some, I think some of the best TV monsters and, and movie monsters are like that, too. So, I'm going to start with number five. Uh, do you want to start, ladies first? What's oh. your number five? My number five. So I, my criteria was not, I really didn't have anything. I just went by. The stuff you like. What did I like? What scared me as a kid? What? There you go. What might very well still scare me as a grown up? I think those are perfectly, (laughs) those are perfectly legitimate criteria. All right. All right. All right. So the first one I went with, I went with Gremlins. Oh, I, I love, I love I, Gremlins. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. And they have all of those, like, all of the special rules about how to be around them. Uh-huh. And three specific rules that... Right. So ridiculous. But right, man, right, as yeah. a kid, I didn't even question it. I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're they're um, they're sort of fairy tale rules, you yeah. know. They're they obey fairy tale logic. So yeah, yeah. It it, so it's it's that they they cannot go into light, specifically sunlight is Keep really them bad light. for them. Yeah. They they you're not to give them water. You're not to put them feed in them after water midnight. and yeah. feed them after midnight. Exactly. Don't feed them after midnight. Yeah. So yeah, it's those three things, which is so ridiculous because you're like, well, it's always it's after midnight somewhere. Like somewhere. What is <laughs> the rules? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Are we just talking like you know, mountain time or what? Like yeah, what exactly? Yeah. But man, as a kid, I was like, okay, you. Uh, how could they not follow these rules? These are so easy to follow. I thought it made sense. Yeah, well, and also, like, kid rules. So they're fairy tale rules, but also kids, you know, kids are figuring out how the world works. And mm-hmm. so having these, like, well, yeah, these are the boundaries. Yeah. You know, it it, it makes a sort of logic logical sense it kind of fits in your brain well yeah you know it's sort of like the whole step on the crack make your mother's back uh, break your mother's back sort mm-hmm. of thing if you ever played that yeah. you know it's just it's just got this kind of rightness to it and it's also just great dramatic setup because like as soon as there are rules you know they're going to be broken oh right? absolutely and you're just, you're just yeah. waiting and it also has that I really like a nuisance monster, mm-hmm. a monster that you're like you face the big dragon, right? And it's it's you know it's this terrible fight and everything, but the monster that you can never quite be sure that you've gotten rid of, mm-hmm. that's those are good monsters. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. So my so so that's kind of a group of you know it's not one gremlin is not a concern. It's no. multiple gremlins. No. Mine is uh, deep ones. Which uh, are the fish people from the Call of Cthulhu game, and therefore also from H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, and okay. Yeah. Okay. So deep ones are. Remember, I said there's this kind of eighty twenty thing. Like the twenty percent goofy part is that like they're just walking fishmen. Like it's just dumb, <laughs> you know. Wait. So do they? They actually have feet. But, oh yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're they're kind of aquatic. They're they're sort of like merfolk in a way. Okay, like they are, right. they are aquatic they humanoid. Are. Yeah, humanoid <laughs> shaped creatures. But uh, they're re- like the stories about them and the lore about them is that they they perpetuate their kind by interbreeding with humans, which is super creepy and weird. Oh. And the more you think about it, the nastier it becomes. And the, especially the particular story that Deep Ones show up in the first time is a, a story called The Shadow Over Innsmouth, mm. which is about this decaying port city in New England that, you know, the the people who descend from that town gradually turn into these, you know, weird fish monsters, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah, so just, they're... Just because of the years of, like... Oh, because of all of the interbreeding between... Okay. Okay. fish monsters and people and it's <laughs> people, yeah of course yeah 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 and it's just it's just like i said 20 percent goofy 80 percent creepy yeah so and as far as who would win i would say the <laughs> gremlins because Ooh. 
Yeah, yeah. Because nice. it's just that like you're never gonna get rid of them. They're always gonna make like once you once you have them coming out, they're yeah. always gonna be more of them. Well, right? there's that famous scene in the movie where I what is it? Um, Stripe. The the ringleader, yeah. the bad guy, that he yeah. jump he jumps into the pool and it's just right. like instantly thousands and thousands, thousands are born. of gremlins. That's it. Yep. They take over yeah, the town. It's, all over. it's great. Yep, yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, the the more you think about it, the worse it becomes. Yeah. Okay. So what's your number four then? Mm, okay. So number four. I actually watched this movie, maybe, uh, I had seen it a long time ago, and I watched it again um, a couple years ago, I think we sat and watched okay. it, but uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. Oh. Ah, oh, so good. Man, that movie is good. It's so good. So good. It's so good, and to me, what, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's just, uh, it's some researchers that are up in the, in Antarctica. And they essentially what they discover um, is got a like a spacecraft that has been crashed there for like yep. something like a hundred thousand years kind of thing. Right. Which they believe that you know at first they believe okay this is just some archaeological dig. They don't realize that what they what they come to realize is that there is this alien creature. That essentially, yes, yeah, you never get a real name. It's just, but it's like a, it's like a parasite attaches to people, and then can and is able to take on their shape. So ultimately, by the end, you don't know if I'm talking to my friend here, Doctor Tompkins. I have no idea. Is he really Doctor Tompkins? Or is yeah, or is that my this weird weird creature? Yeah, Yeah. that that movie is so good. The um, they recently kind of made the prequel, and it was so bad. It didn't have any of the, just didn't have it like the. It didn't have the spirit of the first one. But man, that movie is good. That is that is one of my favorite sci-fi movies. I love that movie. That movie. Did you know? I did not realize it. It was hated when it first came out. It was panned, and everyone was like, "This is ridiculous." And then when it came out on like home video. And people started watching it. I think it got a cult following. And over the years, people have gone back and been like, no, this is actually genius. This is great. Well, um, yeah. Cult following describes pretty much everything John Carpenter does. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) True. (laughs) Okay. Well, my uh, number four bad guy is is actually sort of more like a faction. Um, And that is from the... RPG Mage the Ascension. Did you ever play any of the White Wolf games like Vampire or No. No. Okay. So they they were attempts to kind of tell or do modern a modern world in which supernatural things existed. So very okay. fitting with the whole Monster of the Week style, but, but they really tried to lay out a, a real coherent world. And there were five games and one of them was Mage. And Mage you you played someone who was uh, capable of doing magic, and magic essentially was the capacity to alter the fundamental nature of reality. But a lot of it had to do with belief, right? So the paradigm that we exist in, you know, we believe in science, we believe in natural causes, that sort of thing. And so because of that, it's very difficult for a wizard to cast spells because you are forcing yourself against the belief of all of the other people in the world who is like, well, you can't summon fire from your fingertips. That's not a thing you can do. 
Okay. So you had to be very subtle about your magic, except if you're a marauder. A marauder was a wizard who had gone insane from spellcasting and was completely immune to these rules. Oh. So it was like, what if you had somebody who had the capacity to mess with reality, but was also insane? Like... Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's well, it's pretty scary. I was gonna pretty say scary. that that could I'm sure some people you could make the joke that might describe some you know, some politicians, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, and that was that was the, the the interesting thing was that like insanity doesn't necessarily mean psychotic joker. Mm-hmm. It could just mean somebody who, you know, thinks they're Napoleon. Yeah. But what if okay. the person who thinks they're Napoleon has the capacity to turn other people around them into Napoleon's generals just mm. by willing it to happen? Like, okay. they were just, they were cool bad guys because you entered into this world where nothing was trustworthy. Like, you just could not trust the rules of reality. And that was very, that was very interesting. Okay. Well, huh. Okay. Who do you think would win in this though? Because, you know, already we're talking trust issues on both sides. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I would, uh, I would, I would say that the Marauders would win because I think they probably just might blob, you know, like wish the thing out of existence, you know? I'm good with that. It's like, actually you, you are, um, you know, you're pretending to be this person. You are that person now, you know, we'll just make, (laughs) you know, make that true. Yeah, yeah, I can okay. do that. Okay, fair enough. All right, number three. What is your number three? All right, so bear with me. This is a curveball because uh-huh. I'm going to see, you're, and you're going to have to give me your opinion uh-huh. on whether this is allowable or not. Because I'm... <laughs> In this, under the rules of this, the whole thing we just totally made up just now. <laughs> yes. Hey, I, I respect the rules. Yeah. Um. So number three for me, I'm going with, the Universal Studio Monsters. Okay. The classic. So this would be. Yeah. This would be Dracula, mm-hmm. Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, yes. So your main, yeah, Dracula, Frankenstein. The Mummy. The Mummy. Wolfman. So basically. Gilman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's all, I mean, like, so Universal Studios was your go-to for horror movies. Um, between the 30s and the 50s. That was like, that was their bread and butter and i mean they also did stuff uh they did like phantom of the opera they did the invisible man like so there were other things but those were the heavy hitters you know like so your monsters are basically boris karloff and lon cheney is is what uh, you're telling me yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) okay throw in a little bella lugosi right oh yeah 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 bella lugosi too but i mean to me like you can look at these movies and in at the time, especially if you look at the 1930s and 50s, man, some of these were dark. You know, yeah. like even if you go watch like Bride of Frankenstein, that is a dark movie, essentially yeah. with ending with him killing himself and and the bride. You know, like it's just like, or you know, he like topples the tower or whatever. Like it's just like, oh my god, like it's just I don't know. It's some pretty dark stuff, and I but I think it still holds up. There's just some. It's just. Uh, I feel like that stuff is just. It's, um, I don't know. I'm looking for the right word. It's well, just permeated they our are, culture. Yeah, and they yeah. are, those movies are iconic. And, yes. and And they also have that, 
you know, they, you had to do a lot more with, with physical makeup and with really uh, good performances, right? Because yeah. you don't have CGI or anything, like nothing no. fancy. Yeah. No, you don't even have color, right? Yeah, so I mean, it's all practical effects, right? So, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, but it, they they did a fantastic job with it, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I, and, and I mean, it just, I think it, it, you're right when you say iconic. I mean... We have everything today, you know, every Halloween you get like the monster cereal, like the Count Drac, what is it, Count Chocula? Count like, Chocula, yes. Like the Frankenberry. Yeah, Frank- yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's, I don't know. To me, I'm like, meh, even if you don't think this is necessarily scary in the way that you think of a lot of like more modern monsters are, I think that they hold the play, they're like the, the forefathers of like. Yeah, the, the, the Ur monsters, yeah. yeah. For popular culture, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, and they, they're going to totally beat my number three pick. Um, so my number three pick <laughs> is um, from RuneQuest. And uh, so RuneQuest is a game I don't think you've probably played. Mm, we'll get to uh-huh. it eventually. RuneQuest takes the idea of a fantasy RPG and sort of throws it back into the Bronze Age and makes mm. it very much about a world in which gods and men walk uh, along the same paths. So, okay. you know, you think about, like, the Epic of Gilgamesh and the the stories of Homer and the myths of the Egyptians where the gods and, the, and, and mortals are, are much closer together. It's, it's a very mythological RPG. Um, and so that makes it... That's the kind of, like, serious aspect of it. But it's got some really odd monsters, some cool ones, but it's also got the Jack-O-Bear, which is a bear <laughs> with the he- yeah the jackal bear? It's a bear with the head of a of a jack o' lantern. Who and it, who thought of this? Yeah, it, yeah, like it makes no sense. In, in the same way, like I I could have picked the owl bear, but I already picked my D and D monster, mm. so I couldn't I couldn't pick that one. But it's this like <laughs> the, these amalgam monsters. This is my kind of representation of amalgam monsters and amalgam monsters are just like you know it's almost like well what if you stuck uh the front end of a crocodile on the back end of a camel like what would you call that what would it be like they're just they're just dumb but somehow they become these iconic monsters and symbols like the jackal bear among runequest fans is beloved everybody everybody's a big fan of the jackal bear And so it's just dumb. It's just ridiculous. But I kind of love it. But it is a, just kind of a, a big dumb monster. And so I think that the combined forces of the Universal Monsters would very quickly take out uh, any sort of nonsense when yeah. it comes to Jacko Bears. You just got to get them to all cooperate together. Yes. So. <laughs> um, but Jacko Bear is a remarkably fun word to say. Yeah, I like this. I dig it. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, so I don't think there's any question there. Okay, number two. My number two. We're going with the Shai Halun, the great sandworm. Oh, the, the sandworm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. I... Yeah. You talk about iconic monster, like the, the the big worm that lives in the desert. Yes. Is something that has had a lot of effect on pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Like you, in, the Titanic living creature that makes you look small you know there's one of those there's actually two of those in star star wars there's the big worm in the asteroid and then there's the the sarlacc pit there's the the, there's a bunch of like giant worm monsters in D. &D. Mm -hmm. there's stories of giant worm monsters in buffy 
Like they're just kind of everywhere. Yeah. So the and the Shai Halud has gotta be the the Ur big worm monster. I don't know. To me, I just think, because, you know, uh, I think the idea of, okay, you've got this living creature that eats sand, and if you walk on the surface, it hears or feels the vibration, and it's going to come just swallow you whole, right? Like, right. And, and they're, they're, whatever, like 450, 500 meters long, that kind of right. thing. And it's just like, okay, and what, how do you, you know, how do you fight that? Like, it's just, you know, it's it's just insane. The size alone, but then they have this scaly skin that it's hard to get through, so it just feels impenetrable, you know? Right. Like, and like gremlins, water's really bad for them. Right. But it, it won't make them multiply, but it'll kill them. It will kill know? them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they do have some, you know, shortcomings, you know? Like, yeah, a few things they have weaknesses. Well, but there's also, that's, that's the exact... Like, you love a good monster that has more to learn about it, right? Mm -hmm. So the first time you meet it, it's just kind of this... It's just awe-inspiring, right? And it's 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 difficult to comprehend, and it seems so incredibly alien and threatening. And then yeah. the more you learn about it, the more mysterious it becomes, but also the more interesting it becomes. Well, and it's also an interesting thing in Dune because they need it. They, they need them, right? They, they have to... They need the spice. You uh -huh. need the sandworms to help produce the spice because it's their larva that mixes and helps create, you know. Anyways, too convoluted to get into. But the bottom line is it's a, it's an interesting dynamic to have this thing that you're terrified of, but you have to have it to produce this, you know, this thing. Right. That, right, like for your survival. That runs the universe. Yeah. yeah that, that basically is the, is the thing upon which the entire civilization rests. Yeah. Are the the output of these monsters? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. No, that, that's a good one, and it would completely destroy my number two. Um, <laughs> so once again, so my number two. So I said that kind of like eighty percent creepy, twenty percent goofy, mm -hmm. and this is you know we're recording this as a podcast, so like the jackal bear sounds ridiculous, but they many of the pictures are actually you're like, ugh, you yeah, know that'd be that yeah, it'd be terrifying. This is kind of reversed. It's sort of 20% creepy, 80% goofy. Okay. And that is the... there. This is a creature from Gamma World. So this is your kind of post-apocalyptic world. And this is a race of creatures. And they are humanoid badgers. Okay. And uh, these humanoid badgers have taken on a... Roughly a feudal society. So there are... There's kind of lords... And they're servants, they wear chain mail, they carry, you know, swords and shields. It's all very knightly, but they're giant, like they're, they're human-sized, walking on two legs, okay. badgers. Makes me think of, like, uh, I don't know, like those... It's like Wind in the Willows. Of, yeah, yeah. Arnia, like when I think yeah. of like these animals in battle kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, fine, but here's the thing. The name for these creatures is oh, no. batters b-a-d-d-e-r-s batters batters so not badgers, batters 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 because okay. they're they're bad <laughs> yeah oh yeah. my god furthermore and Ooh. this is the like icing on the cake their deity or that like the the idol that they worship uh -huh. is 
the is the mascot of the University of Wisconsin. So if what? you ever, yeah, yeah. So wait, that in the game that is in they, the game. Oh yes. my god, that's yes. hilarious. That's awesome. so they you know there's there's all these pictures of them bowing down to this picture of this mascot of the University of Wisconsin. These little you know? red Wisconsin sweatshirt. Yeah, or with yeah. a little little sweater that's on. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that <was> awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, the shy halloo just destroy them, but. <laughs> Yeah. But I just, I, I just love that they're called batters. I love that they are like these kind of like knightly badgers. That's awesome. And that, and that they've somehow like they've they've turned they've turned the University of Wisconsin mascot into some icon of religious. So funny. Like, it's I love just it. so dumb. No, but I love it. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm in. And you just know, like the you know the as soon as the players figure this out you know it's you talk about like you know player knowledge versus character knowledge but you know you're like okay what can we do to get some wisconsin like what could how can we scrounge <laughs> up from this bombed out nuclear wasteland some wisconsin university of wisconsin merch yeah and trade with these badgers because this is a symbol of their god so <laughs> it's funny. just dumb okay, okay. <laughs> number one Number one, the thing that's probably, yeah, scared me the most as a child and still terrifies me, the xenomorph, otherwise oh, known God. as yes. the, the, alien. the Alien. The Alien. Yes. Man, that movie is so good. Oh, it's that first so movie, good. Yes. It is uh, so good. Seriously, Ridley Scott knew what he was doing with that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Sigourney Weaver's fantastic in it uh, as Ripley. And Ian Holm as the... Uh, as the android is yes. brilliant so good I, pretty much everybody in that movie is perfect including Nails the cat it. including the cat jonesy right. come on well cat, and that great that is that is a perfect example of how to do a horror movie right because you you give everybody personalities you let every you let the the viewer start to care about all these people yeah. and have opinions and then you start killing them yeah it's genius absolutely absolute genius well, and what was the, what was the tagline? It was like alien, no one can, what is it? No In one space, can hear no you one can hear you scream. Yes, that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, that's the most terrifying thought. Yeah. Yeah, uh. yeah. Yeah, that tagline was great. No, that, that, and it's, yeah, it's, it's constantly illustrating how vulnerable the humans are mm-hmm. and how, how terribly fragile their situation is. Yeah, it's. Yeah, that movie's good, and that's a and that is a great bad guy. Like talk, you want to talk about a you know a nightmare inducing creature? Just what a yeah, right? Just this idea of like, okay, you've got this thing, the face hugger, you know, on you, that yeah. basically implants, you know, the egg in you or whatever, you know, like it's just like I don't know, like it's just terrifying. Also, I mean, what are they? They're they're like whatever, ten feet tall, basically. Yeah. huge their blood if you will is essentially acid that just eats through metal like so you can't capture them and hold them in anything they can just right. you know it's just like okay yeah you're, you're screwed no. that's it yeah you're just screwed well and there's that you know there's that great maxim that horror is about not understanding or not being mm-hmm. able to, like not being able to see and like the alien just doesn't make any sense it's just it's too it's too much. It's yeah. too perfect as a killing machine. 
And I don't like, like, later movies try to explain where they come from. I like the first one. I like that everyone's just like, how did this happen to us? Why is this happening? What did we do? Nothing. You know? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of the Prometheus. I thought Prometheus looked really cool, but I was not a huge fan of what. I was like, I don't know what he's trying to do with this story here. Yeah, like, it just, I don't know. But, yeah, you're right. Like, that, that, the way that, uh the artist H.R. Geiger designed, you know, those, the, those creatures and and how they look just like what a twistedly beautiful, just imaginative mind to come up with this concept like that. Oh yeah. Just no, absolutely. Yeah. Everything is just firing on all cylinders with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and once again, yours would just walk all over mine. Although I don't know, I don't (laughs) know it would really, that the creature would really care. So, my number one monster, and I think this shows us the difference between like the way a DM might look at monsters and a player look at monsters. Because mm-hmm. I look at monsters like, ooh, I can't wait to use that. That is cool, <laughs> you know, um, or that's fun, or that's going to be interesting to, to role yeah. play. And, you know, from a player's perspective, it's like, God, I don't want to fight that. But uh, <laughs> my number one monster is the Myconid. Do you know what a Myconid is? No, so Myconids are creatures that live in the underground, like in the, in the um, underdark, and they are essentially mushroom people. So they are, you know, like the the in Disney's Fantasia, the, there's the little mushroom dance in the in yeah. the Nutcracker Suite. Yeah, they're they're mushroom people. Mm-hmm. They're they're yeah. That's it. They're so just they're, just they're ambulatory, walking fungus people. And they are mostly they're about tending gardens of, of fungi of various sorts and, and molds and things like that. So they're very peaceful. Okay. And okay. So what? Well, makes here's them the thing. Monster? So what's the yeah? So here's the downside. The downside. So <laughs> if you disturb them, they don't. But they don't really have any like weapons that they carry. But if you disturb them, they will breathe spores in your face and. The spores will make you trip balls. So you will go into this incredible hallucinogenic trance and just lie there and other monsters can come by and eat you while you are, while you are tripped out of your skull. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's the kind of monster where it's like, we can take these guys. Oh no, you couldn't. (laughs) No, you couldn't. So how would you combat that? Like, do you, are you able in the game to wear any kind of face covering? Or you, well, it, you if you don't that? anger them, like they also can breed spores that allow you to communicate telepathically with them. So if you, oh. if you approach them peacefully and talk with them, you can, you know, okay. th- they're not, th- there are a lot of things in the Underdark that will just eat you as soon as look at you. These guys won't do that. Okay. But, you know, if you decide to go in there guns blazing, you know, you're yeah, going to wake yeah. up halfway eaten by some horror from the Underdark while you've been, oh you know, imagining what it's like to sing Pink for <laughs> the last 24 okay. hours. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I love that kind of thing. The sort of thing that's like... It's kind of a trap. It's like, oh, this, this is, this looks, this looks like something we can bully. Mm-mm. No, you can't. Yeah. 
How, yeah, how about, how big are they? Like regular mushrooms, they grow in size as they age so that the, you know, you'll see little bitty ones that kind of run around and then they get bigger and bigger to they're about human sized and yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, go look up some <laughs> pictures of myconids. I just think they're they're really yeah. cool, and I love the idea that they just like don't raise your hand <laughs> to them. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of yeah, like yeah. a skunk, right? They're cute. They're cute little creatures, but yeah, don't, don't mess, mess with, with them. them. Don't mess with them. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay, that was a whole bunch of fun. Even though all of your <laughs> monsters would eat all of my monsters for breakfast, pretty much. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to see these these two kind of I don't know what you want to call like libraries of monster lore, mm. the way they can intersect and kind of feed on each other. So yeah. uh, from yeah. as people I do mean, their imagining in different uh, different genres, I guess. I think I think in RPGs you sometimes just have to get a little more creative because you're often dealing with you know like. I'm in a forest setting, so why not have these little mushroom, you know, maybe these anthropomorphized, like, mushroom creatures or whatever. I don't know. Like, so that makes sense to me. I mean, most of the stuff, I mean, like I said, most of the stuff I chose was stuff that just terrorized me, you know, like, as a kid. (laughs) I did, I thought about it. I had a list at first that I was making, and I had, I had, like, tribbles on there from, like, Star Trek, you know. This is really a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. Well, they are. Yeah, I mean, they no. are terrifying. Uh, yeah, in a I thought about way. it. Yeah. I thought about it. I thought about it. No. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of fun. But that's. I mean, yeah. that's why there's one of the reasons there's always this kind of endless supply of new monsters because to make players sort of sit up and take notice, you have to throw something at them they haven't seen before. And so, mm-hmm. much like the audience of a movie, you want them to go, "Oh, I don't know what that is," and get that that shiver of fear. Also going to hit record, and then we can um, we can clap in for Adam because Adam likes yeah. those claps. Um, <laughs> um, Adam, uh, three, two, one. Will you do it again? Yeah, I didn't sure. Do it. All right, Adam. That, <laughs> Sorry, that was a dry Adam. run, Adam. Dry run. Sorry. All right. Okay. Three, two, two. one. All right. There we go. Adam, have fun with that.